doctor, lawyer, chef. And I'm like, see, like <laughs> it's all, it's on the list. I get a dishwashing job at 14 and sit. Hey there, Charlie McDermott back here with my co-host, Matt Geiger. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great today, Charlie. How are you? Doing terrific. Good. Uh, yeah, had a busy weekend as usual. Once again, we're back in the studio here on a Monday morning. That's it. You're still standing, or at least sitting. Sitting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, uh, what what kind of events did you do over the weekend? Well, uh, this weekend I did a couple. I did a small wedding at a little venue, and then I did a, like a dinner party in someone's home. So it was, oh, it was pretty good. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Uh, it was like a surprise party over here off McGregor, and a really good family. Everybody's really good, um, and the you know the wedding was happy too. So I, I can't complain when I have a weekend full of happy <laughs> events. <laughs> I'll tell you, happy weddings. You you can't take those for granted. I remember <laughs> a good buddy of mine, um, many many moons ago. Mm-hmm. They. They got to the point where they cut the cake and then they, you know, mm-hmm. either decide to smash it in each other's faces right. or not. He unfortunately uh, made an error in judgment and s- smashed it in his no longer wife, no. But then wife, and it did not go well. No, to the point where he got shoved into the speakers. The speakers no. like tumbled. Oh, I mean, you talk about an awkward moment. We're all kind of standing there like. What do you even say? So, so my buddy's brother, I'm standing next to him, and and he looks around and says, sh- kind of shrugs his shoulder and says, "Guess she didn't like the cake." <laughs> <laughs> we all just cracked. That's oh, wild. Man. Oh my god, that would be the most awkward thing ever, just to like sit there and watch it all unfold, and you're supposed to be like a guest at a wedding, saying, "Oh, this is such a great time," and then say, "Okay, uh, whose side do we take?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that was also like uh, because she went storming out of the room, and uh, we it was uh, oof. Oh, so anyway, gosh. yeah. Never take a good happy wedding for granted. Oh wow, yeah. No, there's always there's always <laughs> things that happen at them. You know, uh, I've seen you know perfect perfect weddings. I've seen weddings that just don't go as planned you know and a lot of that has to do with planning and um it's kind of good that we're talking about this because weddings is a huge part of what i do and the planning process is going to reflect on how well your wedding day goes over i mean granted your expectations right if your expectations are you know i'm just going to have a relaxed chill day whatever but some people's expectations are to the moon and they're only going to get there if they have really good planning. So I always tell people book their parties, you know, go get their vet venue first, you know, and book that out a year or more in advance. If you really want to choose your venue, book it out a year or more in advance. Um, you know, we're already booking for spring of 2024 for catering. So, you know, just to give people an idea of how far people are booking out and i don't i don't know what other companies do i i take on two events a day i have two full-time chefs i have leads and stuff out in the field and i i just feel comfortable we can just only do two um i want to keep the quality level high so if i'm only going to take two that means if someone's booking out a year or two years in advance then they're going to get precedence. And if you're going to wait for six months before your wedding to book one of your vendors, there's just no way 
that some people can accommodate. I mean, not saying you won't be able to find some vendors, but you're you're not going to have the pick that maybe you want. Yeah. You're going to look through all the reviews, look through pictures, go on the internet, look at wedding wire and all this stuff, and maybe the people that you are seeing everywhere that you like a lot, they're probably going to be taken. So, I yeah. mean, you d- definitely want to get Good that advice. that planned uh, ahead and I always say get your venue first because you don't know whether your venue allows an outside caterer which is what I, I would be considered I'm not saying we're outside in the air but outside meaning they don't have an in-house caterer that does all their events right so okay. yep. um, if event, if the venue does not then we're not the caterer for you that's okay we still do uh, you know bridal showers and brunch after Sunday <laughs> brunches and you know and private dinners and private and... dinners oh all the time and we, we go to all the wedding shows down here and uh, a lot of them will be like oh man we're, we wish we could have had you you know but yeah. we're getting married at this hotel and it's like that's no problem we do rehearsal dinners we'll do brunches oh, we'll do yeah. other stuff um, yeah. so you, you can still book something, um, even if unfortunately you couldn't book us for the wedding. So, yeah. um, there's, there's other ways to, to get us, you know, involved in Love everything, it. but, um, Love it. Love it. so it goes venues, wet or caterer. And then after that, you can fill in the blanks with all like your florists and, you know, DJs and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. even those, I mean, a lot of my good friend DJs, I mean, they're booking out a year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and they can only be in one place. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good point. So, so then on the catering side, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that it's it's an event that that either doesn't provide catering or, well, I, I guess that's you know wh- mm-hmm. whatever you know you're looking for a caterer. What's that process look like? You know, uh, what do you typically do or see, or how's that work for someone who? I mean, again, hope well, not hopefully, but most people. This is the first time they're ever doing it. Hopefully, it's their last. Uh, but they've never gone through this process before. Right. So, what's like the? So you're asking like, what's the process of actually like booking, going from not having a caterer to having me yep. in your home or at your event? Yeah. Um, well, I always tell people the easiest way to get a hold of us is through the website. And I'm not speaking for other caterers. I'm only speaking for me. You know, this is my podcast. So I'm going to stick to what we do. But um, you know, we're we get backed up on phone calls and we spend a lot of time, um, you know, trying to figure out what happens. I would say at the very first, go Google caterers. You know, if you're Googling in the Fort Myers area, we're going to come up close to the top. From there, you go to the website. We have some information. We have pictures. We have testimonials. We have, you know, um, lists of venues that we work with and vendors that we work with and, Excuse me. And um, from there, we have a form that you can actually fill out. And when you oh, fill okay. out the form, it's going to go straight to like instantly. If you do it like Monday through Friday in the middle of the day, chances are you'll get a call back within an hour or two, you know. So once we receive the email on our end, we'll kind of go through the general idea it doesn't have to be exact obviously people don't really know right off the bat what they're doing and a lot of people haven't used catering before so mitchy i have a girl in here named mitchy she'll go through the email kind of see if there's anything difficult or weird or out of the ordinary she'll she might consult with me but she's doing really good um and then she'll just reach out to you 
She'll give you a call. She'll give you an email back. Um, you know, even if we can't get a hold of you, we'll get a proposal kind of ready for you. So then when you do call back or when we do make contact or you do email us back, you get a real proposal. It might not be exactly what you want, and most of the time it's not, but it'll give you a good starting point with some real numbers on it, with some, like, actual real dollar value um, itemized out and a timeline and and stuff that kind of gives you the general idea of how your event would go because this is what we do all the time so a lot of times when people ask us questions well what time should we do this or what time it's like well what time do you want to eat and we'll base the whole timeline off of that you know you don't have to go into detail about how cocktail hour should be 45 minutes or 50 minutes or let us figure that out and then if you have to change it no problem yeah. But sometimes when you try to micromanage the person that does it all the time, you're going to cause waves, unnecessary waves in the event. It's not going to go as smooth as you're thinking in your head, yeah. you know? So, so um, leave from, it to the professional, right? Yeah. Someone I mean, for the most part. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody has an idea in their head and I totally get it, especially for weddings. What people, I always tell people like when they want to do their speeches, some of them will do them like at a weird time, like after dinner or before it's like i always like them doing their speeches like right either when they sit down for dinner or when they're sal if they're going to play the meal when their salad gets mm. dropped because that's the only time in the entire evening that you have your guests undivided attention yeah period yeah. cocktail hour point. they're all over the place you yeah. know you're they're they're at the bar they're getting hors d'oeuvres or mingling around you know the bride and groom's taking pictures after dinner boom they're 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 at each other's tables. They're they're talking to people. They're going to the bar. They're going to the dance floor. The salad or the beginning of the meal is the only time in the entire event where everybody, other than the ceremony, of course, that they have your total undivided attention. So if there's anything you want to address or say thank you or start speeches or anything, that's the time to do it. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and yeah. and and. and and people don't think about that because they just they get their timeline, they get looked up on Pinterest or some something, mm-hmm. and they go along with that timeline. But it's got to make sense. Not saying that it doesn't work any other way. That's just how we like to do it. Another really, you know, good piece of advice for people planning weddings would be um, when to do first dances and stuff, because mm-hmm. people will do their dances right after speeches like right before the meal and then they sit down and they eat okay well if you wait and you put your first dances and all that stuff to the end of the meal it's a really easy good transition for everybody to come to the dance floor and start dancing now otherwise it's really hard to get people up it's really hard to people think everybody goes to to weddings to get their groove on but you have to get them (laughs) on the floor and if you're not going to get them on the floor, it's it, it's it's impossible. And some right. venues are harder than others. So I always try to yeah. tell people, put that off. I know you want to just get everything done and get it out of the way, but strategize your night for the ultimate guest experience and make it an easy flow. Because going from father-daughter dances and all that stuff to you know the cha-cha slide is a really easy, <laughs> like you know, 
wave of events. But if you if you're dancing, then sit down, then eat, then there's no transition into dancing, yeah. and then you're you're not going to get half your half your. Nobody folks wants there. to be the spotlight couple. Right, uh, right. Break the ice there, that first dance. Yep. So, yeah, so, take advantage of the. And you know, I would say less than fifty percent of the time, people do that. They still mm-hmm. they still go with their first dance and stuff before dinner yeah. and. You know, more power to them. You know, we're just there for the food and service, so you take our our <laughs> suggestions however you like. Um, but you know, we do we do classes. We're a part of you know NAWP, which is the National Association of Wedding Professionals, and you know mm-hmm. we do seminars and and stuff, trying to always mm-hmm. always improve ourselves every year. And you know, these are the things that people smarter than me came up with. You know, and yep. and. Yep. I just try to – some things work, some things don't, but a lot of it's really good information because these people only do that. So, yeah, yeah definitely. So I guess we got we kind of got a sidestep off of – No, that was good. That off was of good. Uh, the, the yeah. transition from no caterer to me being in your home. But yeah. after you send an email, you'll get a proposal. We'll go through if when we have a general idea of, of what you like and if you're comfortable with us – um, then that would be the time to get a deposit in. It's always better to get a deposit in, bef- you know, sooner than later, just mm-hmm. so that we can get you on the books and nobody can book over that date. Because whether it's a wedding or a dinner party of twelve people, like I said, we do two events. Doesn't yeah. matter the monetary value. Doesn't matter anything like that. I I just that's how I control quality, and mm-hmm. this and you can still make changes after. You know, I, I tell everybody if if you were almost there and you're you're, you're feeling good and maybe we're just going to do little tweaks, get your deposit in. Let's get that over with, and then we can breathe. Yeah. And then come you're together, you know, two or three weeks before and make your minor changes. And yeah, yeah we're we're pretty responsive. We try to be at least. Yeah. You know? So, what would you say, Matt? Your your most popular or, or some of your most popular meals or. You know, combination. Oh, I hate that question. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, in the wedding world, people, for the most part, play it safe, you know, and and we let people choose whatever menus they they like. However, we do provide a menu package that has things on there. It helps us, too, having a package. um, Then we're not, you know, bogged down in the kitchen if with... You know, if we have a couple parties or three or four parties over the weekend, we're not doing, you know, four or five different menus. We're doing, you know, we're sticking to the package. Um, but Well, plus, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine going in, you know, there are just too many things to choose from. I, I like it when I can see, you know, hey, right. this option, this option, this option. It really simplifies see, the See, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. the same way. And I've, I've had people come up with crazy menus. I'm like, why do you want four proteins? Why do you need five sides? There's no way they're going to eat the food, and at the end of the day, nobody wants to pay for it, right? Yeah. Because I'm not going to do, unless it's RSVP'd and plated, I'm not going to do, if there's 50 people, 25 of this and 25 of that. A, it's mm. tacky to tell someone no at a buffet, right? Nope, you can't have that. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. Right. So right. it. It's a dual entree. 99% of the time, we do a dual entree. Everybody huh. can have everything, or they don't, or someone picks and chooses, or whatever. Um, Smart. If we do, you can always tell us if there's a vegetarian or vegan or gluten-free or whatever person. We'll make a side meal, and we'll keep it in the back, and then when they come through, we'll, mm. we'll give it to them. But you know, we're not going to nitpick the menu and make it difficult for 
my staff and the guest and i just i don't like the telling people no on a buffet thing that is just or like a ticket some people are like oh we can get tickets i'm like oh my god <laughs> like this is you can't do that and i don't i don't want to i don't want to disrespect anybody doing that at their wedding so i don't want anybody to come after me for that and say he said it's tacky but you know in my experience it just doesn't go over well because whether or not that's what the bride or groom wanted, they're not there at the buffet. And when I say no, they just <laughs> I get an eye roll or something from them, and then now I'm the enemy because I yes the yeah. client to death, you know. So uh, we yeah. we try to make everything mutually beneficial for the for the good of the whole event, you know. Yep. And that's yep. really tough sometimes. So yeah. Um, but, you know, one other question comes to mind, and and you know this may not apply. Uh, down the road hopefully it all changes next month but probably comes up in uh currently for you inflation oh man right if i'm booking something that's whatever a year and a half in the future does that question come up uh yeah and how do you, you know it, it yeah. didn't until covid covid started that yeah. kind of whole talk not necessarily about the inflation but what happens if we have a shutdown or whatever yeah. we've never had to worry about that ever and um you know, I, I'll work with people to, the, to my best ability. Absolutely, we we gave deposits back, we moved parties around, all that stuff in COVID, um, and you know, it, it's it hurt, but it it is what it is. As far as inflation goes, though, I'm hoping that it levels out here. You know, if it's gonna stay, I'd rather it stayed than fluctuate so much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, with what I charge people. You know, again, we're not the very top of the market and we're at the bottom. We're, you know, I, I like to say we're a little bit more than the middle area, upper middle area as far as budget mm-hmm. goes. Um, I would, I don't really fluctuate my prices like that. So yeah. I, in the fir- first time in three years, this is the first season where I actually went up in my prices, but I went up across the board. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know some other catering companies, they'll, they'll bid out the jobs and their prices fluctuate quite a bit. I know I've been, you know, half of my competition's price and then I've been double that same competition's price. So I just, I, every, I tell everybody I'm very consistent, mostly because I use a computer program for all of our, our invoicing and proposals and stuff. So my staff isn't coming up with these prices. I've come up with these prices. They're putting them in and it, and it just does it automatically. Um, and in the first time in three years, I, I did raise my prices, not crazy, but just enough to account for it. For instance, yeah. my, my tenderloin used to be, you know, 10 bucks a pound. And when I order a case of it, it's like 90 pounds, right? And I go through a case a week or more sometimes, depending on the size wow. of the size yeah. of the events that are, that are coming up. So, I mean, I'm spending a thousand bucks a week in just one thing and just tenderloin, Right. Mm -hmm. But there's still labor. There's still chicken. There's still, you know, there's a lot of other ingredients and things, but that's a big ticket item and and it eats up a lot. Now that same case of tenderloin is 15 bucks a pound. It went up five bucks. You know, that's 33%. That's insane. Right. So instead of a thousand bucks a week, now it's 1500 a week, you know, and, and it's, it doesn't kill me on, on it, like as a big for me, I kind of get the – I am lucky in the sense that I book quantity, right? So it doesn't hurt as much as if it was just like a singled out thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm selling a 100 of it. Right. So 
the blow is a little bit less, but it's still a blow. Yeah. You know, so I I rose my my old wedding package started at twenty five dollars, and then this year I I rose it to twenty eight. So I rose it three bucks. You know, it it wasn't significant. It wasn't crazy. I thought it was fair. Um, yeah. you know, and people still get sticker shocked anyways, even at 25 bucks for 200 people, it's, yeah, they're still yeah. getting sticker <laughs> shocked. you know what I mean? They, they, everybody wants to have a 200 or 250 person wedding, yeah. even the barbecue menu, you know, I, I started doing barbecue last year uh-huh. and, um, just to, just to have another option for people that maybe didn't have the budget or, uh, wanted yeah. something a little bit more casual, but even that is like 18 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And you get 250 people, you know, you add staff on there and you, you add the service charge and and then they're just like, Oh my God, this is, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, (laughs) that's the price, Uh, you know, (laughs) it's 250. I didn't choose the size of your wedding. And of course I'm not going to say that to my customer, you know, we always try to work with them as best as possible, but you, you can't, if you have that expectation, it comes down to simple math. At twenty bucks a head for two hundred people, it's a few thousand dollars plus plus taxes and fees and plus staff. Yeah. You know, it and yeah. and that's what it is. You know, yeah. and people always try to come down on the staff too. They want they want us to take staff off parties, but we put them on proposals for a reason. Yeah. You know, if if we thought we could do it with less staff, believe me, I would put less staff on there. A hundred percent. I'm not gonna eat up the labor for no reason. You know, and I want to make sure they have the best service they can. And once you start taking staff, you're starting to put more strain on the ones that are existing there still. So, um, you know, just certain things, certain customer service is hard. (laughs) Customer service is hard, but that it is. Well, that, that, that helps, you know, I know with my restaurant years ago and, uh, how, important controlling food costs mm-hmm. were back then and mm-hmm. and uh it's uh it's interesting uh you do what you do and you're able to contain it the way you have uh because uh, it's it's got to be a moving target i just know from going to the grocery store and you know what i used to buy oh absolutely three months ago six months ago and today it's like Whoa. yeah if you go to like Publix or, or normal grocery store like one quart of cream is like six or eight bucks yeah, for a quart, yeah. you know, yeah. I go through 12 to 20 a week <laughs> you know, or more. Sometimes I'll go through three cases, which is 36, you know? So it's, it's absolutely gone up. And, and you know what, that is what a part of what that service charge is for too. I know people are always, you know, scrutinizing the service charge, but that's why it's there. It's there so yeah. that I don't have to raise my prices five times a year. It's there because yeah. there's other things other than food and stuff out of my control or the customer's control. That service charge helps us do that because yeah. things are not, you know, we, we don't, we can't predict what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we yeah. don't know if a car is going to break down. We don't know if, you know, how this month all of our insurances. This whole part of my business, we'll do this on another podcast, uh, just like about mm-hmm. running my business. But the the whole like behind the scenes Back in, yeah. is is yeah. crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, we have four four or five. We have five vehicles. That's five registrations. Wow. Five 
five insurances, you know, yeah. five cleaning stuff, five maintenance, whatever, tires, whatever. Like, all that stuff's not going to come out of your your food. There's no yeah. way. There's no way. Yeah. You know, so for wow. a few times a year, we got to get that. And that's what that service charge is for. But we'll get in that to right. another podcast. I think we we did good. I, I like think, that. I think we're uh, yeah. in a good spot to end it today. And yeah. uh, unless you have any other questions for me, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I like uh, the behind the scenes. What, what, what really goes on in a catering? Yeah, running a running a catering business. You know yeah. what goes in? What's what? Other than doing the food, you know, there's a lot of other things at hand. That's a good topic we can do uh, on the next one. All right. Well, hey, man, this has been great. I know it's going to be really helpful for folks that are uh, doing the uh, wedding catering event for the first time or mm-hmm. hey even if you're experienced so you mm-hmm. gave some really good glimpses into how to navigate the uh, the wedding uh hopefully uh, not storm wedding waters Wed- right. wedding currents right. we'll go with that. right yeah i can't i can't get that visual of my friend in that wedding out of my head oh that's funny that. <laughs> yeah and I'll, I'll get into some other stories too i got some i got some stories <laughs> too but uh some of them might not be too appropriate <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll save that for a later yeah, episode for sure uh, all right matt well great uh seeing you and we'll uh, we'll catch up real soon and talk about behind the scenes stuff yep that's awesome you have a great day thanks charlie thank you for listening to the savor food podcast to learn more about savor first choice catering go to savorfirstchoicecatering.com that's savor s-a-v-o-u-r first f-i-r-s-t choice c-h-o-i-c-e catering c-a-t-e-r-i-n-g.com or call 239-351-5547